Uh, This morning, we are talking about uh, the scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. So if you have that on your phone or in your Bible that you have with you today, you can look that up. And Pastor Irene is going to come and uh, read this amazing scripture uh, for us. Thank you, Pastor. The word of our Lord. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as our chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become the holy temple of the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Irene. Today, we're talking about fences. Talking about Division. Uh, this is an incredibly important passage of Scripture. Uh, you know, it's not just uh, something that we're just randomly talking about. Uh, you know, we talked last week about uh, Genesis, excuse me, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10, which is primarily a focus on uh, salvation in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And so it's recognizing, you know, as we look at the cross, you can visualize the cross of Jesus, you recognize that it has a vertical beam and it has a horizontal beam. You know, the vertical beam reminds us that God is in Christ on the cross reconciling us to himself. The vertical relationship between us and God is made right through what Christ did on the cross. But we also know that the horizontal relationships that we share in the world around us, 
that Christ not only comes to establish a right relationship between us and God, but a right relationship between us and each other and the people around us. Uh, And that's really what is happening in this scripture. It is a starting place for the church and for believers to not only think about our relationship in salvation with Christ, but our mindset as the church and as Christ followers related to divisions, things that uh, happen around us, uh, circumstances and relationships that we share, um, looking at what the scripture has to say about how we deal with divisions and struggles around us. So what I'm going to do, uh, Irene's going to come back in a few minutes, but I'm just going to walk you through this scripture. My hope is that today would be a catalyst. Today would be the kind of day that maybe you would be so drawn to this scripture that you would spend some more time with it, uh, thinking about it and applying it to your life, to our church, to the relationships that we uh, deal with with others around us. So what do we learn? What do we, how can we apply this passage from God's Word? I'm going to give you four different ideas. Uh, there are multiple ideas under them, but four different thoughts here. The first one is, I'd like you to think with me that our world is full of divisions, rivalries, exclusions. In this scripture, uh, it is referenced two different times. He's talking about two groups. And so this was the group called the Jews and then another group called the Gentiles or basically non-Jews. So it was the Jews were a people and then they had this this view of people that were non-Jews. Now, this particular division that is happening that's talked about here uh, starts out in a religious way. It's a religious division. You know, the Jews not only had like the Ten Commandments, but they had lots of other guidelines and things, ways that they lived food that they ate, uh, all kind of different guidelines. And if you didn't apply and abide by those, then you were uh, clearly not among the Jews or as they thought the people of God. So there was a a division there. But you know, division, uh, this religious division basically became kind of a racial division. Uh, they uh, They were separated. Uh, there's all kind of ways that we find division in our world. Do you agree with that? I mean, education can be a divider. Uh, how much one has over somebody that doesn't have as much. Uh, age can be a, di- a divider. Somebody that's younger, somebody that might be older. Um, you know, we even use phrases like, well, he's kind of old school or new school uh, in referencing how we think about things. Uh, gender. Uh, can be such a difficulty between men and women, uh, the relationships that we share, how we view each other. Um, economics can be a divider. Uh, the impact of poverty and wealth on our, on our world. Employment, the job that you have or maybe not even having a job. Sexuality can be a barrier. Weight can be a barrier. Dress code can be a, bar- a barrier. The things that you wear over against what somebody else wears. Um, I-, I notice that all over, the, like, um, you know, it's the division or rivalry of um, Coke versus Pepsi or uh, PC versus Mac or even the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils. Sorry, sorry about that one. I didn't mean to bring that in. 
But there's all kind of, it's just part of the life that we live that there are these divisions uh, that, that happen among us. So um, the question becomes, how do, we, how do we deal with those divisions? What is the role of the, of the believer, of the church, in the midst of uh, pretty heavy divisiveness at times? Here's the second thing. Not only is our word full of divisions, but number two, everyone knows what it's like to be alienated, to be excluded, to be not accepted, to be discriminated against. Now, you know, we, we can say those are on different levels depending on uh, how that impacts you, but certainly everybody in this room has felt excluded at some point, right? Amen? Amen. You with me in this message so far? Come on. Um, we're, uh, we're recognizing that everybody has known what it feels like. And so this passage, two different times, says remember. It wants you to remember how you felt. Remember how you might have struggled with uh, circumstances like that. What memories do you have of exclusion or discrimination against you uh, in your life? And how have you worked through uh, those feelings and, and how have those feelings impacted and maybe continue to impact you? So we recognize that there's an identification. You know, it's really difficult to be reconciled to people if you don't identify with them. If you think you're better than them or they think they're better than you. Or if there's some aspect of your life that becomes that barrier in between you. So what the scripture is talking about here is to think about it and to realize that you're not just separated out of you. This group of people is is down or negative or and you're in. No, no, no. We all can identify with exclusiveness and discrimination. And that's what the scripture is wanting you to do, to think about divisions and to think about how you might identify with other people that are experiencing that uh, themselves. So number three, as believers, we experience the but now in Christ Jesus. Do you hear some amens when she read that in the scripture there? But now in Christ Jesus. So what it's saying is that the divisions, the, the fences that we put up, are real. They are a part of our life. We're not downgrading somebody because they see things differently or they grew up differently or they have a different experience that we have. Yet, because of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for you and me, we deal with divisions and walls and fences completely differently than the world. Amen? We think about it differently. Our mind is set differently because we recognize that we are empowered. We are transformed through Christ to find unity, oneness, and peace through what Christ has done in us and through us. So, but now in Christ Jesus, we look at things differently because of what Christ has done for us. So number four, number four is that in this scripture, what, what does the Bible have to say that Christ has done for all of us? There, there's, there's like a list. goes right down through here. Uh, he says things like, those who were far away have been brought near. 
included by the blood of Jesus Christ. So we, we are brought in, we are included in our relationship with Christ. So you might have a feeling, well, they don't really deserve that. They, they this, they that, whatever. Um, but recognize that Jesus Christ has transformed all of us and created an opportunity that everybody's included. Everybody's in. Secondly, he says, Jesus is the source of peace, the peace that comes in the person of Jesus. Now, he says three things there. He is the peace, he makes peace, and he preaches peace. So Jesus is the peace. Now, I don't know how you think we're going to solve the problems of division in our country or how you might solve the problems of division that happen in your family or in situations in your life. But the truth is the only path to peace is Jesus. People try to figure it out by saying, well, well, we'll agree on this or agree on that. But unless there's a change of heart, unless there's a transformation of our thinking, we're not going to really come to peace. You know, we might come to, uh, I give a little bit, you give a little bit, I get advantage, you get advantage, but that's not real peace. The peace that he's talking about is peace that comes through Jesus Christ. He says, I am uh, the peace, the source of peace. Then it says, uh, he destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. Do you notice that phrase in there? It might be worth you thinking about that or having a conversation with a group about what does that mean? Well, there was, a, there was legitimately a wall that was divisive in the temple between the, the Jews and the non-Jews, the Gentiles. Uh, and Jesus came and said, I'm tearing down the wall of hostility. Uh, you, you know how he did that, right? You remember... That when he died on the cross, you remember the Bible tells us that there was a a curtain that was between God and men, this temple in the, and he tore down the curtain from the top to the bottom. That, that was a vertical response. That means he opened the door, he moved back the curtain, he removed the division because of our sin between us and God, and he welcomed us in. Aren't you glad? What he's talking about in this passage is the dividing wall that was created by people. Men put up a wall to separate themselves from each other. And he says, I have come and broken down the wall of division between you, praise God, between the Jews and the Gentiles. But what's happening here is he's given us an example of how, how do we deal with divisions? So notice, he says, he set aside man-made agendas. See, the struggle with the, with the Jews at the time was that they had not only the directions that were given like through Moses and the people, but they had lots of rules, what you could eat, what you could wear, what you could do. And then if you didn't follow their rules, then you were outside. And that, so those, those laws and those man-made agendas became kind of not the physical wall, but became the barrier that was between them. And so he's saying that I have, am recognizing that we must set aside man-made agendas and guides and rules that we set up that become divisive in our relationship with other people around us. That's pretty awesome right there. Uh, He says he set aside. Then he says, Jesus himself created in himself one new humanity. 
One to humanity. When, when I first see that phrase, I think about, like myself, in my relationship with God, Corinthians says, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's a, that's a wonderful thought. But that's talking about my vertical relationship with Jesus Christ, that I've been changed. I, have this, I am a new creature because of what Christ has done. This phrase here is incredibly expansive. He's talking about being a new humanity. He's talking about the people of God deciding that when we live in this world around us, we do things differently. We respond differently. We, fear, we deal with divisions and fences differently because we're not called to end up on this side or on this side of an issue. We have a place to stand that's a new place to stand because of Jesus. Whew. That is good. And that's worth thinking about. He says, he made the two into one. You heard her read it like that. Uh, he brought them together, this horizontal healing of the division. Then it says he preached peace to both sides of the division. Oh, I like that. I like that because neither side's right. Right? Neither side of the division is right because you one side has an agenda, another side has an agenda. So Jesus comes and he preaches to both sides and says, you're both wrong. <laughs> you need to figure that there's something here in the middle that is different, that I'm creating this opportunity for there to be peace. Through Jesus, then we all have access. No one's excluded. Everyone that desires it has access through Christ to the Father by one spirit. We are brought together giving access to God. And we are then made fellow citizens, members of God's household, and part of his kingdom. I think if you want to get, if you want to get God upset, just be exclusive against some of his kids. You ever had a kid that went to school and got bullied, got messed with, got excluded for the for wrong reasons, I bet you as a parent were not happy. And it's like, who I need to call? Who I need to, I'm going to go straighten somebody out. Right? Well, that's how God feels about us. When we have been so transformed by God that the wall has been torn down, that you get to have an open relationship with Jesus Christ. Just like Brian talked about us, us all pray, we all have access but then we are going to be willing to have the gall to separate ourselves out in exclusion to other people. That, I think God get upset about that and call our attention to that. That's exactly what this passage is doing. So the answer, the turning point, the solution, the role that we have as believers in dealing with divisions and breakdowns of our day is in Christ. We remember how we were alienated or excluded, how we had a broken relationship with God, but now in Christ Jesus, we have been reconciled to God and reconciled or given the opportunity to have reconciliation with others around us. Jesus tore down the wall. Jesus put aside the fence between us and others and empowers us to be one because of Christ. 
We are able to set aside our own man-made agendas and to be a new humanity that Christ designed for the church and for his followers to be in the midst of an incredibly divisive world. I ask Irene to join me here. We got this fence. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways this fence could separate us, right? She's black. I'm white. We see that all the time now, right? Uh, we could be separated by politics. Politics. Oh, Republicans oh. or Democrats. How are we, how we going to solve that one? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we could be, we could have a fence because of gender. Mm-hmm. She's a woman. I'm a man. We, uh, we see her as a, a minister of Jesus Christ. Some places would, would exclude her. Uh, because of that, we, uh, uh, I'm older, she's younger. I, uh, you know, we grew Southern and Northern. There you go, for sure. Uh, There's a lot of ways that we could build fences between ourselves, right? And and you can apply that uh, to your life. So how, uh, help us, help us with all this, like thinking about this whole concept and uh, just help us think about this. I think I'm struck most that The word of God's always been enough. He's been talking about this since before Jesus came. Jesus was a referendum to the divisions. He didn't like the status quo and God did something about it by sending Christ Jesus and then filling us with his Holy Spirit and showing us a new way. There's gotta be a reason why we've been stuck in this as the body of Christ. I don't know about the world and how to fix them, but I do know that the body of Christ is the answer. Amen. And that we can model by his directions, by his example, Christ Jesus, and by the power of his Holy Spirit. What it's supposed to look like, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We carry the hope. I'm very excited these days because I have exceeding hope in the bride. Because of Ephesians 2, it has anchored me and kept me at the table my entire journey. When I thought there was no space for me in the Nazarene church, God brought me back to the church and then he called, reminded me that he called me into ministry. And I've been walking this journey anchored to Ephesians 2 for a very long time. And it brought me to Pekin. Amen. Amen. Look at us. <laughs> yeah, I, we've been talking about this passage for weeks. Um, yeah, I think that PFN and us here have a, such an opportunity <laughs> to model uh, what, what this scripture is trying to describe. You know, I, I know you noticed this, but we, we live in a very predominantly white uh, community and county around us. Uh, it's not, not totally, it's, um, but that, that's, part of, that's part of our, um, what we live in here. But here we are, a church in, in this community, in this county that has um, two women with black heritage on our staff. I'm pretty sure there's not much of that around us here. I'm so happy about that because we invited Irene. Uh, we also invited Callie to join us here. Uh, and Irene has helped us to walk into uh, the community, the Southside community of Peoria, uh, to give us an opportunity to think about diversity. 
uh, to think about the needs of others around us, to think about how we can, how we can do that. So help us um, maybe some ways. How do, how do we do that? I think you're right that this is a, a unique moment in time that God has brought Pekin, has been positioning her for some time. When he started burdening your heart for the south side, he was already up to something, y'all. And so as we engage his flow and become intentional about on purpose, covenanting, covenant relationship together, that's what that cross stands for, our covenant relationship. We are covenanting together to show the world what it's supposed to look like. Amen. Beloved community, if we can look at our future through the eyes of what God called it to be, the every tribe, every tongue, every nation, are we there yet? No. But that's all right. We got work to do, and God is faithful and patient with us, and he is going to help us take this journey, this road, to recognize that first his word was always enough, and that his Holy Spirit is going to show us and take us on a journey when we release and surrender our fears and whatever it is that has been a spirit of division in us. I have had to allow the Holy Spirit to deconstruct my entire concept of church and to rebuild it in the view of his heavenly view of how it's supposed to be. And like I said, this journey is going to be a model. People are watching us, Southside, they are watching us. And they are just as shocked <laughs> as most pastors that I talk to that Pekin sent you to Southside? <laughs> you wanna get a attention grabber. Uh, <laughs> that starts the conversation. And God is gonna advance us in this opportunity if we could just take a moment and release our fears and allow him to destroy, not just put it behind us, but destroy the fences that divide us. I'm excited. Amen. We are, um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's okay to get excited. Uh, our staff has um, decided we're reading some books. Uh, we're going to make uh, those known to you. We're kind of just trying to figure out what does the conversation look like? How can, how can Irene help us to have a, a better view of that conversation? And what does it look like for us to continue to minister in, in Southside and beyond? Uh, we're going to uh, have some classes and things like that that you be a, a, could be a part of when we can get together a little better and uh, maybe in the fall. Uh, so those are some steps that we're taking. Here, here's kind of the thought. Um, heard this story comes out of World War II. These French soldiers, there were uh, was a group of them that um, while they were in a military battle, one of their uh, one of their close friends was killed. And so these French soldiers are thinking about how can they honor uh, their, their friend? Uh, what, can, what can they do? They wanted to give him like a decent burial and, um, and honor him in some way. So they went to this church. They noticed that this church out in the middle of nowhere there had a cemetery right beside the church, kind of all fenced in there. So they went in and talked to the minister and the minister talked to him a little bit. And finally he said, well, do you, uh, was, was he a member of like, you know, this, this church. And he said the name and they said, well, we don't, we don't really know. Uh, we don't have any idea. Well, if he's not a member, he can't be married. I mean, buried in our cemetery. Uh, we, um, you know, we just don't allow that. They talked a little bit further and they decided that it would be okay for him to be buried outside the fence. So they went out and they dug a grave outside the fence uh, and they buried him there and um, everybody seemed content with that. 
Two or three days later, these soldiers noticed that it was time for them to leave the area, and they went back to this gravesite so that they could put some flowers and do a little memorial for him. Well, when they got there, they couldn't find the grave. They looked all over the place, and they couldn't find it. So they went back into the church, and they asked the minister, where's, you know, we, we came here the other day, and, um, you know, where's the grave? We couldn't find it. And he tells them this story that when he was trying to go to sleep that night, he said, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. I couldn't hardly bear that we had buried that guy, your friend, outside the fence. So when I got up the next morning, I got up and by myself, moved the fence, <laughs> brought him inside. You know, it is so easy for us to build fences. But the Bible teaches us how to deal with divisions. Now, maybe your mind goes immediately to like all the stuff we've been watching in our society. But what I would recommend to you is that this passage helps you to deal with all kinds of divisions so that you learn how to do them in, when, when it's difficult, when it's, when it's hard. We, we take advantage of the principles that he gives to us. So, you know what I say? Let's, let's move the fence. As a matter of fact, not just move it. let's get rid of the fence. Yeah, let's just no tear fence. the fence down. Let's get rid of this. We don't need no stinking fence. That's, that's our call to action. What is it that God would want you to do to tear down some fences, break some divisions, find ways to allow the empowerment, the transformation that's happened in you that feeling of exclusivity that you have felt to help you reconcile relationships with others around us, whatever those are like. I ask Irene to pray for us. Father, we recognize your spirit is among us right now. Your spirit that unifies us, that called us who were far away and to be near to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your blood. We thank you for your spirit, Father, and the sacrifice that you went through to help us understand your heart and who you are, and therefore who you've called us to be. Father, Ephesians 2 has pricked my heart on a regular basis for many years and has kept me at the table. Because of the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we are convicted today. We know what we've said. We know what we've thought. We know what we have done that does not align with this word, Father, and we repent today. Lord, we ask your forgiveness, Father, when we need your help, Lord, we cry out to you, the only one who is able to reconcile, biblically reconcile this world. And Lord, you chose to do it through your church. Father, this journey is not going to be easy. You're going to require us to go back and look at our history. Go back and look at the th places that we have been complicit with sin and the enemy, Father, so that we will learn what it is the enemy's trying to do by the way he's trying to do it. We recognize, Father, that there is no place for the spirit of division in the hearts of a spirit-filled, Christ-following believer. And, Father, today we covenant, we commit to walking this journey Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, Lord. 
in mind, keeping our mind and our hearts on the things above that we might not get distracted by the enemy any longer. That we call out the spirit of division and we are the agents of unity. We are the oneness in this world. Father, we have years of, ex- of examples that doing it the world's way, intellectual or trying to change behavior or legally, Lord, none of those things work. It is missing your spirit. Father, we know that we feel weak and hopeless sometimes and this world is overwhelming. But we serve the one, the one who is able and has already done the work, Lord. Empower us with your spirit to stand in the face of division, Lord, that we as followers are the antidote to the division of this world, Lord. We step out in faith on your love. You are the platform, the springboard in which we leave this place today, Lord, changed, challenged. Continue to wrestle with us, Lord. Let us wrestle with your word. Continue to let us work out our faith in fear and trembling, Father, that we recognize your word. Every word of it was written to the church, not the world. We recognize that your judgment comes on the church before the world. And Lord, we want to get it right. We recognize this awakening, Father, is you. Lord, that it is you who is giving us a, a chance, Lord, to get it right, Lord, that we feel the quickening in our spirits across this nation. But right here, in this community that you would use a church on the corner of Broadway Lord why would you use us because of your great love Lord we recognize that this is our opportunity to be used by a great God and Lord it is your MO that's how you do it you use the least of these to confound the wise Father we step boldly into that calling We thank you for this opportunity that you have poised us and positioned us for to be the new humanity. Be our God, dwell amongst us, Father, that the whole world would know that we, the peculiar people, are doing something new that has been in the Bible for 2,000 years. Thank you, God. Thank you for this opportunity today to be used to bring oneness as your son prayed drops of bloody sweat that we would be one as he is one in you we in Christ are also one in you and we honor you today and we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath this awesome time of worship Father find a sweet savor into your nostrils as we lay ourselves down a living sacrifice use us Lord We surrender and we trust you because of the work of the cross, horizontal and vertical. We are able to come boldly together in the power of Jesus' name, we pray. We are one. Amen. Amen.